Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Dan. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you too, Dan. Yeah, you're all listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And this week, we've got a number of different fun things planned, and one really, really horrible, boring thing. <laughs> no, no boring things at all. I forbid them on the show. Every, all right. Well, every now and then, Dan pitches. Then my idea is shot. Oh, I know. Most of the time, Dan's <laughs> ideas are nope, nope, nope. Not going to do that one. Every now and then, he hits gold. He's got a gold idea, and we're going to hit that a little bit later. It's basically indoor projects that you should be doing now. We're always talking about exterior projects. You know, in the summer. summer, but there's a good reason, a number of good reasons to tackle certain indoor things right now. We're going to talk about that. We'll also be in the studio with Benjamin Moore's Kevin Herman talking about ScuffX. Interestingly enough, now we record the show and, and we don't do it always in sequence. So we've actually recorded that segment that is going to air at the end, the Kevin segment, Already, it's already been recorded by the time I'm talking right now. And in that segment, unbeknownst to me, what was going to happen in my future, I made the claim that I want to create a test that I'm going to do. It will make sense when you're listening to the segment. ScuffX had to, they had to come up with some new tests in order to test certain capabilities right. of ScuffX, some new capabilities. They had to just make up a test. I was all excited. I wanted to make up my own test. Turns out, two hours later, without remembering that. The light bulb moment. I was making up my own test. And that's what I want to talk about right now. My test. It's about ticks. I've talked about it. Nervous ticks? No, no, I've got nervous ticks. (laughs) And ticks themselves, the little bugs, give me nervous ticks. (laughs) But I've talked with Haley. I've made the ridiculously terrible lame joke that I'm a tick magnet. I (laughs) love to walk in the natural areas and stuff. First off, so cars aren't around me because I get lost in my thoughts and I'm safer out in the middle of nowhere. Out in nature. Out in nature. The kids and I love to do that. We spend a ton of time out there every year. And for the last two or three years, the tick issue, the tick problem has really, really magnified. We have noticed more and more times where we, we come I've back read some covered with ticks. Yeah. Yes, it's it's just getting worse. And I'm impacted more than everybody else in the family. No matter where I walk, they could walk through waist-deep grass, and I could be on a sidewalk, and, and I will be the one tick. covered with ticks. Oh, not just a tick, Dan. <laughs> I will be coated head to toe with ticks. Anyway, it's gotten so bad that we've quit going. Honestly, oh, I quit going sad. out there and we started walking around. We go to the same place, but there's all these paved well, it's sidewalk, really. We're just walking alongside the road of the place, looking at the grass now off in the <laughs> distance. And the last time we did that, we hit a spot where my son stops and says, oh, everybody check your legs. I've got a tick on me. We all look down. Each one of us had three ticks or more. Even from walking on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. So uh. we're done. We started staying at home. And then my daughter, Tessa, who runs around the yard because she can't run anywhere because we're afraid of ticks. No. <laughs> you don't have any yard, uh, yard ticks? She's got ticks from the yard. <laughs> so now we're just going to get virtual reality and we're going <laughs> to yeah, run right. that there way. You go. No, I want to get outside. I don't want to avoid the outdoors. And so I've got to find a solution to this tick problem. And I know that part of that solution, you know, we, we check ourselves over and do all of that. And you can wear certain clothes, lighter clothes, so you can see them quicker, yeah. full length, you know, pants and stuff. You can tuck your socks into your 
tuck your pants into your socks. It's a real cool look. Yeah, that's stylish. Let me tell you, you feel like a million bucks when you're going, you got your big old white tube socks pulled And what's up the point knee. of putting all that clothes on? It's summertime. I you want to wear shorts and flip-flops. You look like a moron and a dope. But anyway, you can do certain things, so you can do that. But I know that the end solution, the big solution, the big deterrent for the ticks is going to be bug spray, you know, insect right. repellent. That's what I need to do. I hate insect repellent. It Why? Just, it stinks. It's sticky. It's oily. I don't like it. I yeah. never have liked it. As a child, I was a very finicky child, and that was one of my problems. One of my problems <laughs> was bug spray. But I know i got to dig into it. Now, I know there's essential oils. People will say, oh, yeah. these essential oils will work, but that's really not the case. You really need to go to something with the CDC has like six different uh, active ingredients that recommended. are recommended. We're going to look at just a couple of them: DEET and picaridin. Now, DEET was developed in 1946 by the military, and when properly applied, there's almost no health drawbacks. But the big things with DEET is it's unpleasant. You know, it's got an unpleasant, distinctive odor. That's it's like what a always solvent. Gets me. Yeah, it's usually pretty oily feel yeah. pretty slickery when you're all coated up with it, and it can damage certain plastics and synthetic materials. Yeah. Okay? So that's DEET. Picaridin was developed in the 1980s by Bayer. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, Dan. It's relatively no. new to us. It's a synthetic compound that's extracted from the same plant genus as we get table pepper. Black pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where it comes from. It's the number one insect repellent in Europe. Eh, who cares? And Australia. <laughs> oh, that's important? Oh, Because oh, the, they have killer insects there. Yeah, everything there <laughs> Deadly. is dangerous, right? <laughs> so if it's the number one in Australia, that's something to think about. It was approved for sale in the U.S. in 2005. So re reasonably recent. New, and studies seem to show that it's as effective as DEET. But it's odorless, it's non-greasy, and it doesn't dissolve plastics or other synthetics. Uh, okay. So a lot of pluses there. So those two products, or active ingredients, DEET and picaridin, are what we're going to focus on in my test. Now, one last thing before we get to my test, which uh -huh. is pretty fun and pretty yeah. amazing, is we got to talk about concentration. Uh, the concentration of a particular ingredient, you know, different things will have 5% or 10% DEET or 15% or 20 or 30 or whatever, right. right? That concentration really determines the protection time. How long it lasts. Right, right, right. So a landmark study from 2002 in the New England Journal of Medicine found that DEET concentrations, let's say, of 5 to 10% provided one to two hours of protection. Concentrations of 20% provided four to five hours of, of protection. Okay. So that's what the concentration is doing. It's not better... It's not like it's going to resist more ticks. More ticks, right. And that, that plays in because all of these have different concentrations, the ones that I tested. And I'm tipping my hand. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back. As a public service to, to the people out there <laughs> and to help myself, I knew I had to test these things. Right. And I wanted to see if I could find one that's better than the others and all of that. So I snagged five just readily accessible insect repellents. Okay, and I focused on those two active ingredients, DEET and picaridin, and I also focused on, I found one that has just natural ingredients. Okay. All right, so I'm going to try all of these things. I will put links or notes in the show notes so you can check out exactly what I did. Um, briefly, I did Off Sportsman Deep Woods, which was an aerosol, and that was a DEET 30%. I did Off Deep Woods Dry. That's the big difference there. That was a DEET 25%. 
I did off family care, smooth and dry. Smooth and dry. <laughs> oh, they've Damn. got a lot of different products. A lot of different products. That was DEET 15%, so the lowest amount of DEET that I tested. Then I did an off sportsman pump spray, you know, not a yeah. little pump. That was Picaridin, 20%. And then I did Maggie's Farm all natural insect repellent. And that had corn oil, soybeans, citronella, lemongrass oil, clove oil, stuff like that. All right. So, what about the cost of these things? All about the same. Okay. You know, the, some of them, you know, the the dry ones were a little more expensive because you got less. Uh huh. But it two covers, ounces it... less for the same amount, so they're more expensive. Are they worth it? You're gonna find out. <laughs> so here's what we did. I drew from an ample supply of test subjects. You know, I've got a lot of kids. <laughs> and so I got three of them who were willing to go see how many ticks we could acquire and what would happen. And so we had five ingredient, five uh, insect repellents to test, three kids. Well, we split ourselves in half and I coded... <laughs> You know, each one took two of them, you know, so their right side was one product, their left side was another product. Okay. And for me, I needed to have a control, so I did one side. My left side had no chemicals on it at all. Okay. It was just okay. raw Dan, right? <laughs> exposed to nature. And then the other side had, you know, one of the, I had the Picaridin one. So anyway, what we found as we wandered through the woods, all coated like this, we, we went everywhere. You know, we wandered through deep grass, we stayed on the trail. We, we we went everywhere. You really tried to we put tried this to, to the get test. ticks for the first time I've ever. ever been outside. <laughs> I was disappointed when I wasn't seeing ticks, but then we hit the butter zone and we found oh. where the mother load of ticks were. And here's what we discovered: the all natural spray, Maggie's. We were pulling for that. We really wanted that one to work because it smelled good. All of those things were great. Didn't work at all. No. Hannah had that on. She got a tick on her foot, and that tick had no issues. Crawled straight up her leg, making for wherever ticks go. <laughs> and so we had to get that off. She got multiple ticks. Maggie's had no effect on that at all. So the all-natural right. one, I don't think I'd waste my time the with dud. that. Right? On the other hand, all the other sprays worked really well. Now, we'd all pick up ticks. So it's not like this is this, you know, like a force field around you that just repels them from a foot away. Okay. They still, they still would, land on you. Oh, yeah. They would still you. get on us, and they would climb up. They would get on our shoes. And if we had coated our shoes really well, we'd notice that they were already starting to get disoriented. They'd look like they didn't know what they were doing. It was very strange. You wow. can normally tell if a tick <laughs> knows what it's doing. Oh, yeah. With the Maggie <laughs> spray and on my control side, they would hit my shoes, and they're just making a beeline for my skin, my skin, and then straight up my leg. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they normally do when they would get on our shoes that were coated with the DEET or the Picaridin, they would get a little disoriented. When they would get over our shoe and hit our legs, they would start to crawl up, but we would watch their little front legs spinning in the air, and then wow. they would jump off or really? turn around Abandoned and go back shit. down and get off. They didn't want anything to do with it. So all of them worked in that regard. And it's funny because I was digging into it, and tick repellent chemicals, they're not well understood, but they're thought to in, uh, to disrupt tick host-seeking behavior. I'm looking at a little article here, and it says that ticks have a sensory organ on their forelegs that detects odors, CO2, and heat. Repellents are thought to interfere with that sensory organ. Oh. And that's what we were seeing. Their little legs would spin in the air, and then they just jump right off. So all of the DEET and the Picaridin ones worked, okay? But there's still a clear winner in the group. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be talking about this. The clear winner was the off-family care, the smooth and dry. 
And not was, the highest DEET concentration. Nope, nope, nope. The, it was a lower amount of DEET, 15%. The smooth and dry formula was really good. Everybody liked that. All the other ones felt sticky and annoying. All the things that I don't like. Yeah. This one did not. It had a little bit of a weird slippery feel to it, you know, but it when felt you're like putting powder. it on, it felt like having powder on, you know, when you powder your hands, yeah. you, you, whenever you might powder your hands. I don't think I've ever done that, but I, <laughs> I know I could tell I'm from agreeing the, with you <laughs> from your no eyes. I was in no man's <laughs> land there, but it's, yeah, it's got a little bit of a weird feel, but way better than all the other ones. So I like that. The smell was the most pleasant. You know, all the other ones had a little bit of a smell. Even the Picaridin, which is supposed to not stink, had a little bit of a smell. I would say that one was pretty decent, too. But I thought that one felt a little bit oily compared to the Powder Dry off Family Care. That one was really, really good. Um, the nice side or the, the upside to the Picaridin one that I had, I hated that little manual pump spray. Oh, we really? couldn't get a nice application. Uh-huh. You know, I know there's reasons not to do the aerosol, but the aerosol is going to put it on more evenly and more easily. Quickie, yeah. Quickly. Yeah. So I like that. The the other big thing with the Picaridin is it's safe for gear, for like hunters, fishermen, hey. things like that. But overall, the kids, all of us really like that off family care, smooth and dry. Absolutely nice. perfect. You're not going to feel like you're wearing tons of bug spray, but it still did a really good job in that 15%. That's why I wanted to talk about those concentrations. That means we have one to one, hours. two hours of protection. If we needed longer, we'd have to you know, go to some of the other ones. And then I'd still stick with those dry ones. If you don't like that oily stickiness, stick with those dry ones. They actually feel pretty good, and they do a great job. And it probably also repels mosquitoes, right? Oh, yeah. All of those things were repelled. Okay. They just fled in front of us as we waded through. (laughs) Anyway, get out there, enjoy the weather. We've got great weather in Michigan, and I hate it that the ticks are putting a little dent in the joy that I want to have. But now I'm you got a solution. I'm going to reclaim that. The oh, there was one slight downside. These things seem to be quite water resistant, so it took several showers before everybody stopped smelling like. A chemical. The chemical. <laughs> but anyway, check it out. We're going to take a break right now. I'll have notes in the in the show notes so you can look a little deeper if you care. Take a break. When we come back, what are we talking about, Dan? We have not decided at this point yet. Oh, right. So it's going to be a surprise for all of us. But it's going to be great. That's next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And I ended last segment saying... I didn't know what we were going to talk about this segment. You know, I just went on and on about ticks. I had an idea, Dan, but I didn't want to say it out loud to you. Now, we've only got about four and a half minutes to talk about this. Would you be willing, because there's a lesson in it, to talk about a contractor experience? Not a painting contractor, but like a little handyman in your neighborhood who's working. Oh, oh, this, right. Yeah, would you talk about it? (laughs) Tell the story, and then we'll talk about some points that we can get about hiring a contractor, because it's important to get the right one. Sure. Dan's story will demonstrate why. (laughs) Yeah, there might be about two minutes of the four minutes, it'll just be laughter from me. (laughs) Because you've been laughing for a couple... Every time I think about it, I start to chuckle, right? So um, a neighbor in our neighborhood... Uh, is doing a home renovation project. Sure. Something outside. I'm not exactly sure. It looks like this contractor's working on the porch and some other stuff. So I come home from work, and this guy is out working um, in the in, on the house, on the outside of the house. First of all, he's shirtless. Yeah. That's just a little taste. You don't generally see that. Sure. You know, and a certain level of professionalism, people leave their shirts on. Yep. But that wasn't the worst of it. 
this guy could not get three or four words out without a cuss word or a combination of cuss words very loudly. And very <laughs> severe cuss words. And you yes. said the whole night is just peppered with these words in the air. You don't know what he's working it's on. It's incredible. It's either it's going extremely not well for him, it appears. Or <laughs> Sounds. that's his exclamation of joy when something is really great. Right, yeah. Um, some of them I could clearly tell were not in tone that way. I can't imagine. So th- It was funny. Uh, yeah, it's funny to you. They've got, they're probably mortified. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, they're probably having to bring cookies around all the neighbors to apologize or something. It's just incredible. It's loud. It's vile. (laughs) And yeah, you bring somebody into your home to do work. Right. It's an important thing to get right. Right. So how do you prevent that? I don't know. I I don't know. There is no silver bullet. (laughs) But there are some things you can do. And I think we can cover a few of those very quickly. And I, you know, we've talked on the show before. In fact, in the show notes, I'll put links to some of the interviews. We've interviewed painting contractors who've talked about how to hire a contractor, things that you should do from a painting contractor's point of view. Those are great segments. I'll link to those in the show notes. If I could make one point that gets in everybody's head, it's this. When you're getting your quotes, all of the different quotes that you get, you're not just looking at the price at this point. You are basically conducting an interview to decide if this contractor works well with you. That is so key to understand. You know, consider how was the communication with your contractor as you were getting your quotes and asking your questions? Did they listen to you? Were you able to communicate well? Were they respectful? Did they keep their shirt on during the interview, you know, while they're getting the quote? First impressions matter. That matters. You know, how did the the contractor present him, himself or herself? Were they on time? Did they show up on time for the interview? Do they return your calls? All of those things play in. If they're not returning your calls, you know, on a timely manner when you're looking for pricing, that's what do you a, think that's going to sign? That's a big red flag. How is it going to play out when they've got some of your money? Right. Or they've started a project, right? You need to know that they're going to communicate well. Consider those things right off the bat. One last one, and this is really uh, nebulous. It's, it's hard to pin this one down, but what does your gut tell you? Right. Our gut is right most of the time. Go with your gut. And it's not wrong to choose somebody else or to choose to get another quote just because your gut is saying this isn't right. Right. That's a really That's good valid. Point. And it's not always wrong to go to somebody else who's who's actually more expensive. Very well, well might, might be, be making but... a really bleeping good decision. Right? <laughs> you won't have to apologize to your neighbors afterwards. Exactly. All right. I thought that was a funny story. Get the right contractor. It matters. All right. We're going to take a break. West Side listeners, you're going to get news and weather at the bottom of the hour. East Side listeners, you get a Repco Light Rewind. When we all get back together, we'll be talking about some indoor projects that you're going to want to tackle right now. Don't put these off to the winter. We'll have all that information in just a minute. Stick around. Well, Dan, for the last couple of weeks, you know, once we finally got good weather, I started going to all exterior projects that I wanted to talk about right. on the radio. Yeah, know, it's been, timely now. I've been chomping at the bit to get outside. I can get outside. So let's talk about those things. But really, you pitched something to me a couple of days ago that while it is summer and while exterior projects are great things to tackle, there are a lot of indoor projects This is the right time to do those. It's the right time of year. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's really interesting. And again, it is timely. You've got, what did you call it? Basically three main reasons why some of these projects are perfect. You know, they're indoor projects, 
but they're perfect to do this time of year. Yeah, right. So a few main reasons would be smell. Um, another one, light. Mm-hmm. And finally, temperature. All right. So smell, light, temperature, Let's talk about that. And you've got a number of projects. I know the first one because we kind of started talking about it, and I said, stop talking. I want to do this on the radio. You say that a lot to me. It's such a nice, yeah, it's like a little crutch that I've got where I can get you to just be quiet without telling you to shut up. And it seems like I'm being- It works. Yeah, I'm diligent. But anyway, anyway, you were talking about doing a wood floor. Why doing a wood floor? If I'm going to refinish the wood floor in my kitchen, let's say, my dining room, Right. Normally, I technically, I, I would, in my head, wait till wintertime. I want to do my outdoor stuff now. You're saying tackle that right now for these reasons. Right. Smell, lighting, temperature doesn't really play into this one. But right. what are you getting at? So, first of all, smell is pretty obvious. You know, typically... We oil sweat based. a lot when we were, oh, it's the oil-based products. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Oil-based coatings are typically what would be, you know, varnish is what we'd want to use on a floor. And it's smelly. So the ability to open windows, get some ventilation going is really makes it doable. Now, we do have water-based polyurethanes that can be used that would be sure. adequate on a wood yeah. floor. Perfectly fine. But a lot of us will go to the, the solvent-based stuff largely not just for durability because durability could be very similar between water-based and the oil -based, right but the application ease right. of an oil-based poly I, and the look is different it's got a richer know? look a, right. a little more clear so so the, so the smell is one part of it yep. for a wood floor another part of it is the lighting if you've ever tried to varnish a wood floor um, you'll know that you have to rely on the lighting that's either built into the ceiling yeah. or the light that's coming in through the windows. So in the wintertime, the days are so short, you don't have a chance to work in the evening on a project so like that. So you can't that. see where you're going? Is yeah. Have yeah. you done this? You've yeah. This? My experience has been, you know, the staining in the first coat even of varnish, that goes pretty smoothly. You can see where, where you're, you're going. going. It's when you get to that second or third coat of varnish that things get tricky. You can't see very well. And you have to really rely on light coming in from a window or from across the room to reflect off the floor to see, am I putting the right amount on? Is, and yeah, you can't just drag floor lamps around at that point. Yeah, you're, you're, you're painting the floor, right? Yeah. So lighting is a big part of but, that kind of thing. And I would think beyond just wood floors and wood floors, I think we need to talk about that. I'd like to, I'm, in fact, it's on the schedule. We're going to talk about that in a week or two Okay. and go through the whole process yeah. of refinishing a wood floor. I would say in other interior projects, anywhere where lighting is and lighting is going to play into all of these projects. Sure. Doing some of these things right now. Again, we wait. We tend to wait on these until wintertime. Right. And lighting is a big part of it, but also the other ones, temperature and smell. You know, even latex paints can have an objectionable odor for some people. Some types of paints have a strong ammonia odor, for example. Yeah, it smells um, like the cat's been busy. Right. And and temperature, outside walls, the inside wall of it that faces the outside, you know, you've got an outside wall on the other side of it, a lot of times that's cold. It'll dry slower, paint will dry slower. You won't be able to accomplish as much in a day in the winter as you could in the summer. Well, and also in the winter, we've got generally our furnace going and the blowers going, and that can speed up things. Uh, dry time can be too fast in certain situations. Right, right, yep. So now can be a perfect time to tackle some of those things. So you've talked about the importance, well, smell and lighting. 
I guess, and you just hit on temperature as well, but I know there's something else. You talked about refinishing furniture. Yeah, paint strippers typically don't work well in cooler temperatures. Now, I know I always tried to do that kind of work. That was my fall work, my winter work, and I'd try to make it work in the garage. And yeah, like you said, the temperature wasn't great. I didn't realize that the temperature was actually working against me. It wasn't just uncomfortable to work in in the garage right. as I was heading into winter, but it's actually, it, it's the, not good for the stripper. The products just aren't very effective in cold weather. They just don't work. So you can get out in the garage, you can get the garage door open, so you've got good ventilation, yep. and the temperatures are more conducive. The other advantage to working in a garage in the summer is that it's, yeah, you can have a lot of airflow, but you're still protected from weather. You're protected from wind blowing dust or debris onto your project. You haven't seen my garage, Dan. <laughs> dust lives in my garage. Yeah, well, maybe you should clean your garage before you tackle a project. <laughs> I should, I should. You know, and sometimes, say you're aerosol painting, you're going to spray paint something. Working out in the direct sun is not a good idea either. It's nice to have shade. Yeah. So a garage is a great spot in the summertime to tackle some of these projects. And also with garages, you are going to talk about in next week, we're going to talk about redoing garage floors. Okay, painting that a garage floor. something I have wanted to talk about for ages All right. on the show. And you've given me the okay to talk about it. Right. So you're going to run us through that next week. Yep. That's all the time we've got for this. The idea is that there's a lot of indoor stuff that we might save till winter. Probably pretty good to get on it right now. Yep. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be in the studio with Benjamin Moore's Kevin Herman talking about ScuffX and some changes that have happened. That's all just ahead. Stick around. And we're back, and we're in the studio with Kevin Herman. Good morning. Our territory rep for Benjamin Moore from the West Side. Kevin, you, you beat me to it, but thanks for being here. Happy Saturday, Dan. Yeah. And Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Kevin Kevin stumbled onto that. Oh, you've been on the show a bunch of times, and that's how I start every episode. And Kevin has figured that out, and he's very excited to be the only guest who throws that back in my face and he makes sure he works it in every single episode. I know you'll edit it out so it doesn't No, really I leave it. I leave it because I know you'll crab and cry if you don't hear yourself say that. Yeah, probably. Anyway, would. let's talk about Scuffex. We have talked about Scuffex with you multiple times. It's yep, a product. My favorite product. Yeah, it's a great product. It launched in 2017. Mm-hmm. Was a huge hit. It was one of those things, one of those paint products that seemed too good to be true for me. The marketing just looked right. unbelievable. I yep. really was skeptical. And I've used it. I love it. It really does what you guys say it will do. It was a big hit. Yeah, it's been tremendous. Absolutely and tremendous. now we've got some new VOC regulations in place. Yo, joy. Yeah, and you guys have had to actually reformulate ScuffX to get into this low VOC uh, target range that we've got to hit. Yeah. And I can imagine that for contractors out there, that's pretty scary because contractors have loved this product. Homeowners, DIYers yeah. have loved the product. Now we've got a new formulation. It's coming out when? Uh, June 12th. So it's already come out. It came out uh, this this Monday, right? Yeah. Wow. So, Time is flying. Jeez. Right. So brand new stuff. Are we going to be looking at, in about two months, are we going to be looking at an old Coke, new Coke kind of thing? <laughs> I remember when new Coke came out, yeah. it was supposed to be amazing, Yes. but it wasn't. Now I know, well, I don't know anything. I'm suspecting that's not the case, and we've got a reason for that. You told me... I don't know how long it was. You're going to give me all this information. Mm -hmm. But Benjamin Moore gave a number of our contractors here on the west side a sneak peek at this new formulation. You brought in 
Well, I don't even know exactly what happened, but I know it was pretty cool. What happened with that, and what were the results? So we we, we do very well with it here in West Michigan, and uh, they have to modify the formula to hit all the OTC2 requirements. Michigan's now OTC2. Ohio's going OC, OTC2, uh, which is very strict uh, VOC requirements. Um, so to sell it nationally, we have to bring the VOCs down a little bit. It's not a big change. And so in February, we had the product manager, the head chemist, and then also one of our contractor marketing guys out, and we tested the new version of the N46, which is a satin finish, with about 15 contractors. So we sprayed it out in their shop. And what the product manager and the chemist were hoping for is that they didn't see a difference. They didn't notice a difference. It acted the same. That's their target, right? That's what right. they're hoping the yeah. contractors came away yeah. with. We know we have to get the VOCs down a little bit. It wasn't a big change, but it did have to come down a little bit. And the the target is to have it act and perform and hold up and, and the workability and everything is exactly the same as it was before. And that's pretty much the consensus with the contractors. So that's that we, what you ended up with. Yep, and, yep, and these yep. are contractors I've worked with. Oh, I mean, yeah, you threw you know, some of the names. Yeah, you know I've, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, so know the people. They mm-hmm. use the old ScuffX. Yeah, these are all dedicated users. Yep. And so what did they say about it? Um, can't tell the difference. Couldn't tell the difference between the old and new formula. Clearly, Kevin, you're not in marketing. <laughs> because somebody in marketing, that, that marketing guy in the group would have had something more to say than that. You kind of left me hanging. Well, but that's I mean, okay. that's what I wanted to hear. That's, I wanted to hear that it sprayed out just as easily, that it held up, that they could move it around as quickly. They could sand it. They could do multiple coats just like they did before. That's what my fear was, that now we don't have that, but this, this new version Were they performed concerned exactly the about it You know, going in? You know, because they do use this product, and it has become something that a lot of them rely on in certain situations. Did you sense some concern before Um, they started testing it? Or contractors are very much like real people. Uh, They (laughs) have almost exactly. Yeah, they they have a lot of the same reservations. Most people don't like things to change. Yeah. If you if you're happy with it. You want it to stay that way forever. If you have a procedure, you just want to keep the thing the same. Sorry, I hit the table again. Um, And so most of them don't want anything to happen. Mm -hmm. They want it to stay the same. They want the label to stay the same. They want the product to stay the same. They want everything to stay the same, pricing to stay the same. Um, So when there are changes, they get a lot of concern. So they had to be pretty happy. They were very happy. Seeing that that all of that has Mm -hmm. at least functionality feels like ScuffX, works like ScuffX. It's ScuffX. Now, there are some changes, though. Um, of course, the formulation changes. You mentioned they like to see the labels stay the same. Well, the label's changing. The label is that's changing. No big All deal. of our labels are changing. Something that's yeah. interesting, though, is it's no longer part of the UltraSpec yes. brand. It's kind of its, its standalone thing now, right? Yeah, it, it fit into the professional line originally. I mean, that was the idea. It was made as a maintenance coating for high-traffic you know, institutions, hospitals, uh, you know, schools, hotels, things like that. But we quickly found out that it has a much wider range of applications than that. It's actually more of a premium product um, in a lot of categories. So it, there wasn't any point in keeping it under the professional label. No, I'm really glad you got it out of that because when it first came out in that line um, and I started to realize what it was, that's the first thing I was thinking is this is in the wrong line. This just right. doesn't make yep. sense. Right. It's such a high-end product. Now, you mentioned all the different places that you use it. Mm-hmm. You know, I we should take one step back and just talk about it 
very quickly because I'm always surprised. I just did a class a couple of weeks ago where we talked about painting kitchen cabinets, painting trim, painting different things, mm-hmm. different aspects of the home. And Scuff-X came up in the conversation. And I assumed that everybody heard about it because we've talked about it on the show so many times. And I assume everybody is an avid listener for content right. of the show. They should be. Well, they should be, but mm-hmm. yet the class, this entire group of 30 people, there were two that were familiar with ScuffX. Mm. And so I whipped out the little sample board and I demonstrated ScuffX and what it does. But bottom line, ScuffX resists scuffing unlike anything it's remarkable. I've ever yeah. seen. It's amazing, really. Yeah. So right. where do you use it? You talked about all the different places, you know, institutional-wise. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, yeah, so it still has its use in, in high-traffic institutional things, schools, uh, you know, hospitals, things like that, hotels. Um, but we also have a lot of people using it in their homes. We have a lot of contractors that are putting it into homes, whether it's a, a wall that is going to get a little bit more abuse, like you have small children or it's a mud room or something that, you know, paint, uh, normal paint just has a tough time dealing with all of the abuse. This works out great. We also um, spray out a ton of Scuff-X on trim doors and cabinets. And we have a lot of products that'll do those same things, except the, the, the advantage of the Scuff-X is it's very easy to use. Um, it has a beautiful hard finish, and um, it it is more of a production coating than some of the other alternatives we have, like Advance is an what overnight. Do you mean? Um, well, for example, I just mentioned Advance. Advance is a waterborne alkyd. That needs overnight to cure up, to dry before you can recode it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get something done quickly in multiple coats in the same day, Advance isn't the best option for you. Looks Where, beautiful. Flows yes. out beautifully. Oh, it's very user-friendly, um, and if you're not spraying it, it's probably a, our Benjamin Moore's best offering. But if you're looking for more productivity, when put multiple, multiple coats on the same day um, and move it uh, around quickly, ScuffX is better. What's the fantastic. time on that? Um, people have... I don't want to say how many coats people are putting on the same day because it's more than we recommend, but they're getting away with it. And uh, I've had people that are wrapping um, cabinet doors up and shipping them out the next day, even though we don't really recommend that. Right. It's still um, much faster paced than most coatings. It's it's not lacquer, but it's as close as we get. Yeah, we're in the studio with Kevin Herman, territory rep for Benjamin Moore on the west mm-hmm. side anyway. You cover our west mm-hmm. side store. We've got another rep on the east side. I'm sure he would echo all of your points. I right? hope so. Let's talk about the semi-gloss. Uh, Scuff-X semi-gloss has yeah. something new that I'm not familiar with. In uh, It's built into the product. It's chip-resistant technology. Yes. What is that? Why is that only in the, in the semi-gloss? Well, the, the semi-gloss, I think they were looking at that in particular because it, when we do these institutional, you know, these facilities, hospitals, um, schools, things like that, the door frames, the doors themselves, tend to get a lot of wear and tear, a lot of impact. You know, people using something to push the door open that's in their hands or their rings or their keys. Pizza or, or boxes. All those gurneys. things. Gurneys. A yes. gurney, yeah, yeah, right. Yep. So uh, the the challenge for most coatings in those areas is is they hold up fairly well with the hand oils and, and cleaning and, and all that. But the impacts chip them, Okay. you know. To the point where they have to be repainted more often. So, with the semi gloss, they made it much more chip resistant. And in fact, they actually had to develop a test because there wasn't a STM test to, to follow to measure the impact resistance. And it had to do with dropping um, steel balls from a certain height onto uh-huh. the uh, like Q panel. 
All right. Well, that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. I would like to invent a test. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to test. I'm going to invent a test, Dan. Okay. I'm writing that I'll down right, right now. All invent right. a test. All right. I'll work I'll, out the details later. <laughs> I'll be the first one to observe your right. whatever observe test you Observe my invent. test. Yeah. All right. So that's in the semi-gloss. That's not in the that's other finishes. Just in the semi-gloss. All right. So I like that. We've talked about where ScuffX goes. Really, it's a great product for anybody. It's a single component, meaning mm-hmm. you shake it up, you pop the lid on it, and you paint. You're, you're getting yep. incredible durability and scuff resistance without having to go to a two-part epoxy, without you know any kind of mixing. Mixing, yep. waste. Yeah, yep. and it's all the Benjamin Moore colors. You can get them in all of those colors. Yep. I believe they're coming out with quartz. I believe they're going to be coming out with quartz. That was one of the requests from all the contractors that we did the testing with in February. They weren't quartz. Yeah, because it's only been gallons and fives to date. And yeah, I think I heard rumblings of that. We'll have more info if that comes out. Anything else you want to add, Kevin? We kind of hit it all, didn't we? We did. Still a big product. 2017, it came out and it's still making waves. It's still growing. People are still finding out about it. And I thought everybody knew, but well, what about all the competitive products? Let's end on that because everybody's got their version of Scuff X. Yes. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Because um, most of them don't hold up and do what Scuff X. They don't do it nearly as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's uh, Scuff is in the name of their products, Scuff Resistance. But um, th- if you do a side by side comparison, there there's very little Scuff Resistance, except for saying Scuff Resistant on the label. Yeah, that um, sample board that I referenced earlier, that Scuff X sample board, it was all in white, and we had some. Competitive products, mm-hmm. you know, we went and asked specifically for the Scuffers, you know, we want the ScuffX version, your yep. version of ScuffX. We put them all side by side with ScuffX, and then we take a tool that will leave a big black mark, like uh, I think we're using a big rubber mallet. Yeah, because we pound nasty, the tops on the cans. Yep. Yeah, yeah, nasty little mark on there, and you run it across, and it will mark up everybody's ScuffX, everybody's version of ScuffX, yeah. except ScuffX itself. It yeah. literally stops on that point. You see where the black mark is going, stops on the scuff X, starts up on the other side again. I'll put a picture in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's really amazing stuff. Definitely something to think about if you're working in a space that's, you know, gets a lot of traffic. If you're, you know, head of maintenance at schools or hospitals or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's ideal. Yeah, definitely. I'm head of maintenance at home. Does that count? It counts. (laughs) I think you'd want to use it. I will. All right. Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, ScuffX, pretty cool stuff, Dan. I wish that we had mentioned in the interview with Kevin that it comes in multiple finishes. We mentioned the semi-gloss. We talked about that. But ScuffX comes in the full range of finishes from a matte all the way up to a semi-gloss. Yeah, somebody might assume that just because it's very durable and scuff-resistant that it's necessarily shiny, but that's not the case. Right. We've got matte finishes. We've got eggshell finishes. And while the washability drops off a little bit, you know, as you go from shinier down to a, a duller finish, washability does drop off a little bit, the scuff resistance is all still there. So yeah. definitely something to think about no matter what situation or what area you're painting. All right. I think that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap this one up. If you want to catch it again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. All of the Repcolite stores are open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Dan Altina. Thanks for listening. 